0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to BlueApron.com slash badchristian. And today's wonderful, amazing show is also sponsored by Distilled. You don't
2: need to be a celebrity to look amazing. Get luxury-grade denim with the perfect fit starting at just $75. Go to dstlddistilled.com slash badchristian right now and get $10 off your first pair. That's dstld.com slash badchristian for $10 off
0: right now.
1: You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast.
0: Joey Spence in the house. You back in the house.
1: Three, two, one. Drop some national championship knowledge. When you are the best, you know it. You beat everybody, and guess what? Alabama can suck it,
0: suck it, saving, suck it, saving. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Woo! The Lord is alive! Hey,
1: Welcome
2: Jesus to the is Bad real. Christian Podcast, everybody. Jesus has proven himself. Enough. He has proven himself. There's been a lot of doubt in recent years if God is real. That's been a, a constant you know, battle and worry yeah. that a lot of people have had, and I can confirm that.
1: God is real. He is the Lord of all. He, he is. is He is the promise. The pro, He gave promises, biblical promises, and they are fulfilled daily in our lives. I mean seriously and let me just seriously if know, Alabama sure everybody knows if what,
0: Alabama would have won so here we are on a Tuesday. Last night was one of the greatest days of our life. I, I don't think either. None of us are going to admit that it was the best day of our life. I'm going.
2: I'm going to make that argument. But just so everybody knows, Clemson won the national championship. Even, Clemson I, seriously, is uh, just, say uh, that thing, again. Our, all say that our again. Team.
0: I just can't even believe the sound of that. That's Clemson
2: University football team is the <laughs> world champion. I, I swear. I have goosebumps.
0: And, I, <laughs> it's true. and a genuine giggle came out of my mouth just now. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I just can't believe it. I can't. <laughs> hey, I, I, that is the most that I. people know that I'm a huge Packer fan. People know that Clemson have been in huge games. I've witnessed three, uh, Green Bay Packer Super Bowls, but I have never wanted a team to win as bad as I wanted yesterday. I'm telling you, I was sick to my stomach. I had a tightness oh. in my neck that was just killing me. I couldn't concentrate. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. Yeah. And then, check this out. That's the hardest I've ever worked to be entertained for four hours. And I didn't enjoy but the last second <laughs> The whole game. Yeah, I know. That's it. I mean, I was. In I hated agony. the entire game. Agony. <laughs> I yeah. literally hated
1: it. I hated <laughs> football. I hated my life. There is no. There was zero enjoyment. Enjoyment <laughs> until the last second. I mean, I did something for hours. That was my torture. family went to bed. I mean, I just I walked around in a circle. It's something This is what's crazy. It caught me off guard. The I promise you, I was completely miserable. I hated every second of it. I had to watch the game by myself. My whole family went to sleep. All the you know, I was just so miserable. My stomach's hurting. I couldn't believe it. I was just, you know, yelling and upset silently. in my and then that last minute, it was unbelievable. The joy. And when they nailed down, I started crying. <laughs>
0: No, I mean that's not. I didn't crazy think it would all. get. I didn't think it would get me like that. Like I started tearing up. Oh, it's just yeah. I couldn't believe no, I don't, it. I don't think that's surprising at all. I mean, I don't. Let me explain a little bit to
2: everybody out there, just so they get a grasp on exactly what we're talking about. I know a lot of people aren't football fans, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to have you stomp on my happy day and my parade and my joy today. But I'm going to tell you about what how significant this is. Um, Clemson football won the national championship first time in 35 years uh, since 1981, which. Uh, it was the only time Clemson's won the national championship. We got to the national championship last year and lost to Alabama in a close game, and then last night beat Alabama with a touchdown with one second left on the clock. Now, college football to us is a big deal. We're from the South. Uh, we didn't grow up around pro teams or anything. And here's the main thing that I want people and a lot of people understand this, but a lot of people don't. When I was a little kid, it was 1981, 1982. I'm a three year old. I'm a toddler. My dad is the biggest Clemson fan in the world, just like any other one. My dad went to Clemson. My sister, big sister, went to Clemson. Tons of family members went there. Uncle, tons of stuff. And then later on, I would go there as well and then transferred to Winthrop. Uh, But when I was three years old, my dad would talk about Clemson and football and everything to me all the time. That's what he cared about. That's what he was excited about. It was a high time in Clemson football. And I truly mean this when I say this. To me, what I learned about Clemson football and orange and white, and then the Gamecocks who are our rival, um, to me, it was like learning about good and evil. For it was sure. the thing that my dad was most excited about. And he tell, he looks at me in dead seriousness, jumps up and down, screams and dies laughing and yelling at how bad the other people are and how good our team <laughs> is. He looks at me he tells me, Clemson is the good guys. You love Clemson. Orange is your favorite color. Like Those are the messages I received in my earliest of like years. Matt, you and I and, discussed
0: before that when we found out as little kids that someone else was a Gamecock fan, there was a part of us that couldn't fully trust their character, right? Like there was seriously told a part me those of are us bad people, right? And then when yes. when you it's, see the color orange and it's representing Clemson, like the word Clemson, it's just pure. It's like right. honest. It's right. ad. It's the closest thing you can relate it to, and that's
2: why it relates to this podcast particularly. It's like a fundamentalism is, is oh, what that sure. call, well, it's ingrained in a way that's, you know, it's just immovable to me that I associate orange and white with purity and pleasure and nice and good. And then Gamecocks, for instance, I, I, I dislike. And that's just deep down. It's, it, it's essentially tribalism at its core. It's like, these are our people. This is our right, team. Absolutely. Screw those guys. We're the good guys, no matter what, right. if, no matter what. Dude, this- and your father being that enthusiastic... My, my dad didn't say, Jesus is awesome and <laughs> the devil, be careful. He never teach me that. Right. He told me orange and... I mean, he just taught me about the Tigers.
0: Unreal. This hat that I'm wearing right now, I've been wearing for 35 years. Like, I have a picture of me uh, sitting in the front yard as a four-year-old. This Clemson, ugly... I mean, I think it's beautiful, but it's a ratty, old, four-year-old... Uh, what I've been wearing since I was four-year-old. So, like, I... I I was speechless last night. Like, so first of all, we put the kids to bed. Um, the girls got to stay up for like a quarter, but so, you know, for those of you that don't care about football, you have to realize the emotional uh, going from, from one emotional, absolute high to the most pain imaginable. And that's, that's, that's when, (laughs) that's, that's when I sit there and I think, is this worth it? Like, Uh, Toby, uh, you worked with Robbie here, and I'm talking to him yesterday afternoon before the game, and I'm like, I don't know if I envy you or not. Like, I'm so excited about this game. I want to see this game, and if Clemson wins, it makes me so happy, but the thought of them losing is so disastrous, maybe I should be like you and just not care. Like, Would I be better Mm -hmm. off if I just didn't care at all? And uh, so that's exactly what happened. I mean, Clemson was was kind of getting handled for most of the game. And then in the second half, we come back. We take the lead at pretty much the end of the game. And our defense was on fire. Alabama scores with two minutes left. So we go from thinking we are going to win the national champ- championship to, oh, so my gosh, this it. thing could have yeah. just fallen out of our hands. And then we end up winning. I mean, those emotions. and. I mean I I woke uh, I was at my parents house four kids sleeping I woke up three of my kids I was so loud my dad was on his knees and I <laughs> and I and I stooped down to give him a bear hug and I didn't let go of him when I stood up so I bear hugged and oh, lifted my dad so awesome. up and and my dad. <laughs> My dad looked at me and he said, I'm so happy for you, son. I said, I'm happy for you, dad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I called my dad right after. It's unbelievable. You know,
2: that's the thing. Everybody knows me as the Clemson guy because I'm out here on the West Coast where, you know, you guys being from the South and then there, everybody right. likes Clemson or right. whatever. But where I right. am, everybody's like, Clemson, that's Matt. And yeah. then nationally people know it and from the podcast, people know it. So very much like birthdays. um, I'm inundated with a million messages that have no real response. So I copied to my uh, clipboard the word unreal and the word thanks at two different times where I was responding to dozens and dozens of text messages <laughs> When the at the end of
0: the game. It's like everybody I know. Unreal unreal, 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 thanks, thanks And that space, paste, 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 paste. <laughs> well, So it's, it's just like a burst. Speaking, of, is useless. speaking <laughs> of text messaging, like I, I seriously, you guys have me dying. So uh, the Green Bay Packer game Sunday, started off pretty rough too. So I, I'm actually going to read some of the stuff that was going back and forth. And here's a perfect example of... In
2: well, our text thread, yeah, the three of us. Yeah, here's a
0: perfect... Here's a perfect <laughs> I was cracking up on here's that. Here's a perfect example of we cannot... I cannot read everything that was written. <laughs> so there's going to be some points where I'm like, I, I can't read that. I can't read that. All right, so you have to think when when these texts are negative, it's because shit is falling apart with the Green Bay Packers. When things go are great, we, there's responses with and and I can't when Toby and I go back and forth talking about each other's moms I can't go into that but here Toby says <laughs> Toby says this is a fucking joke now Jordy has broken ribs we can't stop shit and we have supposedly the best quarterback and can't even get a touchdown I really thought we'd fucking show up we we can even win this game but we aren't going to the Super Bowl God ain't saying shit to Joey <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt says wait till tomorrow night at least and then Toby says I'm going to cheat on my wife. She's the best wife a man could hope for, and I'm going to bang some slut because of a fucking (laughs) team I picked to be my favorite. And then Matt says, "Uh, Wait, so you know how bad to cheat. And Toby says... I said, wait till tomorrow night at the Clinton
2: game so you know just how bad it is, because I figured we're going to lose.
0: And so uh, Toby says, Nope, I'm (laughs) I'm going to do a threesome with, and I can't say that. (laughs) I'm... I've already decided. And then I then I said, "No, I agree with Matt. A Clemson win should cause you to rethink at least a little." Yeah. And Toby says, "No way. If if Green uh, if Green Bay loses, that means Clemson loses." <laughs> he says he says, sorry, y'all fucking retarded. <laughs> he says, you don't know that? <laughs> and, 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 and then he says, I'm cheating on my wife three hours from now. <laughs> and I said, shit, no, I did not realize that. Toby says, I mean, I'm going to cheat on the love of my wife. The love of my life because of fucking Dom Capers, (laughs) who's the defensive coordinator of Green Bay. He said, "I hope he's fucking happy."
1: (laughs) I can't. I promise you, those are real feelings that I have during football. Like I can't. What is it that you say the cheat thing is? That let's
2: let's talk about that a second. Is you're so unhappy and and rageful that things
1: are so bad, he might just have to make it worse. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm so mad that I picked that team to be my favorite, and they would do that to me that I have to make <laughs> myself. Pay. I have to hurt myself. I have to do something awful to myself. So you and your family you have right, to destroy. So, yeah, I have to destroy my family
0: and love my right, life. So, so that that thread kind of ends with Toby and I getting very, very vulgar with each other, and then it's no, then it got, then it got vulgar after yeah, that. That's when it yeah, got okay. Vulgar. Okay.
1: Right,
0: so so there's there's some silence, and then all of a sudden, Toby says, "The Lord is real, and I know He is." <laughs> this is when Green Bay starting to win That up. was in Green Bay <laughs> threw a bomb pass at the end of the half. And then I said, che- yeah. cheating still? And so he says, Of course. Are you fucking insane? Wait the fuck up. I'm knee deep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read that. <laughs> then, don't read it And anymore. then he said, Jory's hurt. No redemption. And I said, Can you please at least consider looking at porn? I said, Jessica though. She's been a big part of your life in recent years. And Toby said, I fucking love her more than anything. I'd risk my life for her. And I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, sounds like your mind's made up. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, that was the night before the Clemson game. This one isn't as long at all, but this, so here's what I did. I was so damn nervous about the Clemson game that I didn't even want to see Matt and Toby's Texas uh text because i knew they were going to go crazy so i just turned my phone off and at halftime i turned it on for some great entertainment <laughs> toby says toby says it just feels awful it's like a st- it's like a, it's like a stabbing pain that you know you need to get checked but you want to wait <laughs> You want to wait a little longer. (laughs) And then he says, Jesus is Lord. I mean, nothing proves it more. Jesus Christ is Lord. Matt says he is risen. Then Toby says, I'm claiming the promise. King of kings and Lord of lords. Father God, you are worthy. Yeshua. And so at this point, something goes wrong in the game. And Toby says, I may have spoken too soon. Kind of searching my faith right now because it wasn't bad. But he said, uh, "He says I'm looking into Kabbalah." And then Matt says, "Bahai is worth checking out." I said, "Bahai is worth Bahai is worth checking out." And then it ends with Toby saying, "Some Jehovah Witnesses just stopped by. Really nice folks." (laughs) I just, but that that
2: speaks to the thing about football. Feel the thing is, it feels to us like infinite stakes. That's what I'm saying. It's ingrained in me that it seems like ultimate consequence i can't care that much more about heaven and hell than i already do about clemson football i would say yeah it's just so what, what what's funny about toby's question is faith of clemson's losing at this high stakes it's just equating the two as on par with how you <laughs> feel of course it's absurdity all this stuff's right. absurd and i hope people can forgive that that is legitimately minus a few vulgarities uh, our text thread—that's what we were talking about. And it was all in joking; it's very funny for you to read there. But the interesting part about it is it is how much it mimics fundamentalism and deeply held tribal yeah. uh, beliefs and stuff like that, and it's hilarious.
0: Well, so so the the reality aspect of this is, I think I think this is my problem. I know on paper that if Clemson loses the national championship, me as a father, as a husband, like as a functioning person in this society, like I, I'm not on a practical level, losing out on, on anything, but I think what gets me is I came so close to obtaining the the most peace that passes all understanding (laughs) and surpassing (laughs) joy that it can exceed my imagination. And it just left like it could have been there, but, and I could taste it but I just couldn't get it, and it's crazy. The, the thought of losing that, and, and so you're sitting there, you're watching a game, and I, I, I have no problem with saying this is not right. Like I don't I, I, I can't well justify you know intellectually myself. that it doesn't matter. Right. And of
2: course, it's on no level compared to anything of significance in your life. Technically, no. right We, we understand that intellectually, but nonetheless, the rawness, the deep part of your brain.
0: It feels it feels I mean, that way it feels important when Clemson won I just loved everybody <laughs> I was forgiving. I love everybody. It's just so everybody. insane. that's why I, like, I just I, hate it so much I just wanted because, to tell I mean, everybody that I loved them <laughs> made
1: me feel awful and unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> like I felt great today like, like that's what I'm saying Matt just said Clemson's national championship like it doesn't seem mm-hmm. real like I can't believe it. and I did nothing all I did was all I did was watch you know what I mean like that that's it <laughs> that's all I did all season we just sitting and talking about the TV life. And eat and drink and watch. (laughs) And that's it. And and I cried. I mean, it brought that much to me. So, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I am dumb. You know, you hear about like Meryl Streep or people, you know, talking about people just liking sports and football or MMA and all that stuff. But I mean, there really is something. Like, it's the most real thing when you see, like, when I saw all those young men, even the Alabama guys, when I saw them lose and like how they played their hearts out. And I mean, just like, I mean, they get, you know, maybe, maybe they get a free education and a a few meals at the calf, but I mean, they're not getting millions of dollars even close uh, legally, but not even close. And so. I just can't believe it that they just played so hard and they did everything they could. And, and like the story of Dabo's story, our co- Clemson's coach story, like comes from just a real bad, like at one, at one point, like he came from a real bad life was a walk on yeah. Alabama as a wide receiver. And at one point his mom was living with him while he was going to school, uh, 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 you know, on campus with him because she was so poor. And then Deshaun Watson, our, our starting quarterback has a crazy story too his family and growing up. And then, the guy that catches the touchdown pass to win was a walk-on. I mean, it's just insane. I, I mean, I know I know you can't just say, well, God wanted us to win. But uh, I, I mean, yeah, why I'm not? I, I mean, you know what I mean? That's what they all said. They all, every Clemson player said
0: that. Right? Yeah, Matt, I called Toby relatively early this morning. And I, I knew it was okay. And I knew some, I, I knew that. The answer to this question, I, I could, I knew about what it was going to be. I said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I knew it was going to be something like this. Toby's like watching highlights, <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> and I said, That's "Yeah, totally. I was up until uh, literally four o'clock in the morning watching yeah, highlights, and, just watching, letting it I, I mean, loop on Sports he, Center." I did the same here's, thing. Here's, here's, oh, get this: for the first time in a in a year, I have not been able to watch. Uh, the highlights of last year's game but since clemson won last night i was oh, able really? to for That's the first awesome. time watch the highlights of last yeah. year's game when clemson lost to yeah. alabama oh yeah i'd never watched it I, there's no way yeah, i could watch it no. but now it's like i i see the last two years like i told matt today toby that clemson losing last year makes makes this whole thing even better like I think that uh-huh. sure it'd be great to have been able to win back to back championships. Obviously, that's a really good thing. But there's just something about the storyline that makes it so unbelievable that we were able to will ourselves back into yep. the same game against a team that people said were better than last year and did it, man. And and here uh-huh. and here's here uh, here's the kind of train of thought that I like that I like to think. But I, I'm so glad that there's no chance that this could ever be a reality. Is Think about how happy we are right now. Think about how much peace we had going to sleep last night. Think about the fluke things that go on in sports. I mean, imagine, so So Clemson won on a play where it was just a perfect pass to a wide open receiver. He could have dropped that. Game over. Right. And we, had, we would seriously be like, I don't feel like podcasting. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We wouldn't even want well, to do this. What. We we got to we
2: got to do a couple things. I I I've been trying to get a grip on how to rank today as one of my favorite <laughs> days, and I've decided on a ranking of where I think this day ranks of best days of my life. Um, and Toby, I want you to, do, to I want you to do a sponsor spot, and when you come back, I'll tell you where it ranks. And here's a hint: All it's right. number one. But go ahead to do the sponsor spot,
1: Toby, and then I'll tell you about it. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. With Blue Apron, you are going to make amazing meals in your home. And here's how they do it. They have five ways. Let me just tell you about this. It's affordable. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Two, variety. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you, which I think is so fun. Uh, Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. Three, they're flexible. They customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Four, it's easy. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients. And five, they are guaranteed. Blue Apron's Freshness Guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery, arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. So so check this out. They are going to allow you to have your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to be able to create incredible meals with that special loved one, with your family, or just by yourself, just having a good time with Blue Apron. So, don't wait right now. That's blueapron.com slash bad Christian. Blue apron is a better way to cook. All right, man. I want to hear this. So, here's this. this, this, (laughs) It's not even a long list.
2: There's only one on it. Number one. (laughs) My my claim is that today is the best day of my my life.
1: Wait, (laughs) you really are saying that. Today Uh,
2: is the best day of your life. That's my position. Yes, it is. And uh, now I'll, I'll go ahead and grant you before I am guilty of. hyperbole here. I won't say it's the most significant day of my life, okay? So I'll make the distinction there. But if you want to say the best day of your life, it would have to be, you know, measured by, like, how would you measure it? I would say something in the neighborhood of satisfaction yep. and peace and comfort and enjoyment and pleasure, yeah, and those are uh, those are the feelings that I have today. Now, first of all, yesterday does not count because yesterday was almost right. entirely miserable until the very last few hours, at which time we won the game. And when I knew it was a reality that we won, I, I didn't have. I was in shock and relatively numb, and I collapsed on the floor. And then I slowly started to believe it was real, and it was a, it was really hard to even digest last night what it yeah. even was. And I know that sounds absurd to people that don't care. Today, I woke up and it was just for real. I'm alive. That wasn't a dream. Right. This happened. And I've just been uh, on cloud nine. I, I just feel great. I couldn't feel any better. I don't think you could ruin today if my wife left me. I would still be a good, it, it, would, it wouldn't be the best day of my life anymore, but it was still, I don't think you could ruin my day. <laughs> There'd be a redeeming part of the day no matter what. what? You'd I be mean, like, I don't well, you could ruin Clinton this day. for me. I just, I I'm not going to let that
1: happen. I'm, nothing's going to steal my joy today. I don't huh. care. That's, a, that's <laughs> really interesting. I, I can see where you're going because people go, what about the day your kids are born? Yeah. But let me, let me debunk that.
2: that, because of course people say that, and I understand that. Because there's a moment, there's a moment when your child comes out and you see it, and that's real, and you're like, "Holy shit!" That might be a more intense moment, or the the best feeling, the craziest thing of my whole life would be the seconds when you first see a child that you made come out. Yeah, that one, that might be the single best moment, like most enjoyable, intense, crazy, yeah. everything. But not, that, that's not a whole day. The rest of the day is, again, fraught with nerves and duty right. and responsibility and all these other things. And same with, let's say, your wedding day. I mean, good gosh, that's a, a, a work right. day. That's a busy day. That's a stressful day. That's a difficult day that is overall significant and matters, and there's some enjoyable moments in. Yeah. But this is the best day of my fucking life.
1: <laughs> you're right. Is. You have your baby, and you're like, oh man, that was unbelievable. Like last night, what if the baby? And then the next day, you have to take the baby home. It's the worst feeling you've ever had in your life. When you take, you take that There's, baby, the yeah, first it, baby home, you think it, it's going to die. It's going to die. That's all I thought. Yeah, no, that's not. Pleasure, as soon as that's I saw Ruby, day. our firstborn, I was like, this is it. I can't believe it. this is the point in my life where I have a kid. Oh no, everything's awful. She's going to die. Right. I'm going to die early. It's Something like, terrible's going to happen. It's like the first quarter yeah, yeah. of the football yeah, game it, is what exactly. that feels like. It was immediate pressure. Yeah. I mean, you get the joy for a second of oh, I have a kid, but then you go, I have a kid, and it's awful. So I totally agree. So what's another good day in your life? What is another good day other than today?
2: Name another good day, you know, a better day
0: than this. I mean, this. for me, it was it was uh Super Bowl 45. <laughs> <laughs> Google it green bay no, i mean i I don't know man like i I see where you're coming from yeah i there's no no sense in debating this i I see where you're coming from i think I think to support your point as well is two of your most precious possessions you actually have them now, so last night when Clemson won, you also had your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I got
2: to think about my kids and see them, and I was little when we won, and my dad. I mean, it's it's just crazy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's a lot, and and the timing is really interesting, really, if you think about it. And again, I'm mean, going to apologize to the non-football people, although we're not talking, you know, inside football here. We're talking about these experiences and meaning and significance and stuff as we experience them. Now, that particularly brings into view the comments of Meryl Streep. For instance, like th- that's it's interesting the timing of it from my point of view. She said a bunch of stuff about Trump, right. which I don't care. Yeah. Good opinions, probably. She's probably right about a lot of that stuff. But the jabs at sports and MMA are so, in my opinion, in poor taste, uncalled for, and very counterproductive because you're going to take, you're going to say that, that people like me are the dumb, right. bad people you know how big the NFL and MMA and football and college football and how much deep meaning it has for, I mean, what a poor choice for her, in my opinion, to take any shot at that. That's just, I just think that's, I think it's nonsense. I think that's very unfortunate because I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with any of her other statements to, but to lump it in like that. And Dan Koch said that on Twitter and he's right. That is just such a bad decision because now I just think screw her. I don't, I, I don't care what she said. She's probably right, but screw her.
1: That's what it makes me feel like. The reason I don't like it is because it, it reveals how she truly feels. It throws it in there. Those dumb people that like mixed martial arts—that mm-hmm. ain't no art. Right. No, what I do is art. I know what art is. You don't like, like, and it just yeah. takes away like the enjoyment and all that stuff. Like. I mean, that, that's the same person that'll tell you you're stupid for liking a, an action movie. Like, I, lo- I love The Marine with John Cena. <laughs> well, I, I, it might, I know I don't say <laughs> it's the best movie in the history of the world, but for me, I love watching them. I'll watch that movie to die if I get got to. I'm not saying it's the greatest piece of art, all this stuff. But, I mean, when you, when you get into what people enjoy and relate that to their intelligence, that is a real big mistake. A real big mistake. And and I yeah. think it actually some people said this, I think it plays into the hands of Donald Trump because it makes people go, Oh yeah, that's exactly what I thought. That Hollywood elite. It does. It, that's the type of attitude. Hollywood elite. That's the type of attitude.
2: That's what I'm saying. Her statements and her positions may be right. I am not listening. She insulted me. And that's the way right. everybody feels. I mean, I don't yeah, really I don't, I care. And I love real yeah, like, Street, actually. Amazing. I mean, I think she's incredible <laughs> and I like a lot of her movies a lot. And I probably agree with some of the stuff she said. I didn't even really listen to the whole thing. But that is that's just that's a great example of I, I don't know if you want to say liberal yeah. or whatever, whatever it is, but it's condescending and it just yeah. is ridiculous. I mean, no wonder people, you know, I, I think that's partly to blame oh, yeah. for the pro. I think those are the people to blame for Trump and Trump supporters because that's how they get What that was way. that
1: movie she was in? Um, That movie was unbelievable. It was Osage County or Orange County. What was, uh, what oh, was that? that's so good! The bridge you know, Madison what? County. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is, is she in uh, that? Though? I don't know. I never saw that. I do not that in that Fushi movie. Stuff. But this one movie she's in, it's like Osage County, or it's not Orange County. That was Jack Black. <laughs> that movie rules too. <laughs> it's it's August, Os- August Osage, Osage County. County. You've never seen oh, that, I don't Matt? Know that one
0: with with Julia no. Julia Roberts oh, and Meryl Oh my god, god. That, she plays yeah, it's unbelievable. She she's the best I, I I actress of all time. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I thought everybody
1: goes her. She's when people say, "Oh man, what a great acting job." But in that movie, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. You, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, that's the, I'll check it out. That's so no, good. I think she's brilliant in adaptations, one of my favorite movies. She's just
2: so great in that. Anyway, that's what I think about her.
1: I was trying to think, like, speaking of the best day, it was funny today, Joey. Matt called me, and I was like, Matt, it's getting ready to just talk about Clemson. And I was so happy. Like, it's really <laughs> funny. Like, Dumpy, our friend Dumpy called me today. We talked for a long time mm-hmm. just about the plays. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean like it's so funny like uh les miles said this on espn today i thought it was probably so true he said because he won a national championship he said i guarantee you dabo didn't sleep a bit he went he just when you, when you got quiet and you lay down you're still so excited and he rethought through the entire game he said he said after you win oh, the yeah. next championship, you just think the same way we were saying what what if in the last second Hunter Rio misses that, and we're all sitting here going, yeah we were that close I mean how miserable it was, but so I mean yeah. imagine if you're the coach and you, you your team's this this like the best I mean I can't believe it but anyway so Matt called me today and uh it is maybe not the best Best day of my life, uh, but one of the, some of the best days of my life probably Matt for sure have been when we've been on tour. Like I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that's we've true. Had, that's true. There's some, there's some video evidence yeah. <laughs> of it on Warp Tour yep. and all this stuff. Where I mean, Emory knows that's how true. to party. What's funny is we never really did anything. That we drank some beer and turned on you know loud rap music. We didn't really do anything. I mean, well, <laughs> we probably did a few things like smash a porta potty here and there or something, but nothing like we didn't do hard drugs or really. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's another podcast. Anyway. And so I was thinking about that, but what's really cool is we're going to tour some more this year. Matt called me and and Joey, I don't even know if you know this. We kind of have like a, I don't Matt, How do you describe what we're doing? I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, we're obviously going on tour, but we're going to, we're going to try it out. We're going to do two special shows, maybe like a new format. How do you, how do you want to word it, Matt? What do you think about what, I mean, what, what would you say we're doing? With Emery now. I'll tell you what we what we talked about there, but first I'm going to tell oh, you about yeah.
2: distilled and my jeans.
0: I never thought I'd be the type of guy that wanted to wear or, or actually does wear the same pair of jeans almost every single day. And that's pretty much going to be how I am until the next week or so when I go online and order another pair of distilled jeans. I'm telling you, once I got these pair of jeans, I just want to wear them all the time. You see, first of all, they're very comfortable. And secondly, and I sent them my waist size, my length, and I get like a diamond in the mail a pair of jeans that feel good. I, I, I think I look really good in them. They don't come up too high when I'm sitting down. It, it's just unbelievably fitting jeans. They fit comfortably. And this sort of thing shouldn't cost you hundreds of dollars and a juice cleanse. You shouldn't have to settle for poor quality or bargain bin style either, and that's why Distilled. That's D S T L D. They have revolutionized the fashion industry with their timeless luxury grade denim, and we're talking they start these jeans at seventy five dollars, eliminating excessive markups by refusing to work with the middlemen. They ship directly to you for free, guarantee the fit, or they'll send you a new pair until you get some dagum jeans that fit perfectly. Uh, That wasn't my experience. First thing I got, boom, perfect. And uh, hey, the same thing goes for Distilled's new line of jackets. I mean, whether you're after classic denim or a stylish bomber jacket, you can expect the same level of quality and convenience. Go to dstld.com slash badchristian right now and get $10 off your first order. That's dstld.com slash badchristian for $10 off your first order. You're not going to regret this at all amazing jeans love them can't wait to get some more so yeah toby what i was talking to you about today is
2: we're playing with a bunch of variables in the emory outfit uh and what it means to tour and to do our live shows we'd spent the whole last year doing acoustic touring and that was uh, an experiment Uh, i'll I'll tell you what it almost goes all the way and i've got essentially an announcement at the end of this but uh essentially it goes all the way back to this podcast or how we did the band in the first place, there's something that we've been successful at for our whole professional and adult lives. And it's it's doing things differently, taking things into our own hands, building something with a, you know over the very, very long term, and then eventually it works. And then eventually it catches on, and then we control the stuff, and then it's successful. And then eventually you figure out how to make it work or make money on it. But we've been building things since we started Emory, with our own rules and not doing the things the way other people do them. That's the story of our life.
1: Joey, just so you know too, you know how Matt when you get on the phone with him just like in the podcast, he'll just talk forever. You just got to wait it out. He talked like that forever, but the last thing yep. he said before he was talking this exact same thing we just said and he goes, "You know, I think we're going to design our de- destiny again." <laughs> yeah, I, I was that was just a throwaway line to me, but I was like,
2: "Yeah,
0: we'll just, we're going uh, you know, we'll to design our own destiny, destiny again. here." He
2: said
1: again. I was like, "Oh,
2: really? Hell yeah. Again? That again?" Good. I, yeah, and Toby pointed I out, I was like, yeah, up. again, I guess that's what we did with the band the first time, and we started this podcast. It wasn't even, we never thought it'd make money, or you do. we just thought it'd be a good way to communicate, and we built Bad Christian, and we built the podcast, and I remember early on, like, people were saying monetization. I was like, what does that word mean, or how do you even do that? What is it? What is, I mean, I don't know, but I know I want a podcast. I want it to be good. I want people to listen to it. I want to grow it. I want to collect people. I knew the stuff we were trying to do. We knew what it was. And then people ask, well, how are you going to make money? I said, I don't know. I, I don't know if it will. I just don't know. Yeah. But it eventually it will. And it's not even about the money. You can design. We've been successful at designing things the way we want them. And on our terms, and then, in the end, when that does work, it's way more fulfilling and successful to some to some degree, not necessarily financially um, and so I was reminded of how we built the podcast this way, and then last year with Emory, we spent all year doing acoustic shows, and that was born out of what we wanted to do. so we decided that we you know to, to, to be quite honest at, at the end of the previous year, we felt legitimately transparently a little bored with playing emory's greatest hits jumping up and down making people clap playing with a click track having backing tracks or whatever that loud aggressive i don't want to sound like an old person saying loud and aggressive but it you know it's the same thing we've been doing for over 10 years playing the same song it's
1: that it's redundant like w- w- we we yeah one of our most uh, yeah. important things that we love doing is creating and making things new and being fresh and and just exciting and sometimes well, to be honest, our show feels like it's a redundant thing. And we don't want to just do cash grabs. Yeah. I don't I don't want people to come see me because, right. oh, right. well, they so play the, walls. Yeah. I, I don't like that feeling. I don't want to screw our fans like so that. So we decided we would do these acoustic shows
2: because we've been doing uh, acoustic sets and VIP things here and there. And every time we do that is so musically satisfying. We said at the end of the year, what do you want to do next year? I said, well, why don't we just do acoustic shows? And that was fun. And it's like, okay, well, how does that work? How are you going to do that? So we just decided what we wanted to do was grow that, do it, figure it out. So we did an experiment. We said, let's get Devin and Toby and me and somebody to play drums if Dave can make. I don't remember who did. I think Andy played drums at the first one. And we booked a few rooms in Dallas and charged a bunch of money for tickets because we knew it would only sell a few. So we figured if people really care. So we just guessed. We made tickets $50. We sold the tickets ourselves on our website. The show sold out. They made money and they were way more fun and we made as much money as we would on a regular tour. And so we had to tweak that a little bit and figured it out. But it was just it's just something, you know, we didn't we fired our booking agent. We don't have a proper management or anything like that. Uh, and we just we made it up. We sell the ticket. There's no ticketing, there's no ticket message, there's no nothing. We just sell the ticket, show up at the place, the people come, we already have the money. It's a great party. Nobody else really does that. And we made it work, and then yeah. the money worked out. So we did that all year last year. So now we're looking at 2017, and we've asked ourselves again, what does Emory want to do this year? So we are making a new album. The song's already written for that. It's got a, a really interesting musical tone to it. I think people will really like that. Devin is fully back in the band. So if anybody missed that, Devin's just a yeah. band member again. So that's we can awesome. him I don't to quit his job and join or not. Again. But. <laughs> we convinced him he, he's he's actually on the bad christian payroll doing some of our e-commerce and stuff like that and doing Emory full time and we got BCE supply up and running he's running that as well so devin quit his job doubling down in the band and so the question is well what music do we want to play and how do we want to do it are we happy not having management and agents and the answer yeah. is hell yeah so let's try again so we're going to we're doing another experiment now we're going to try to arrange our set in a really awesome way that is less about the click tracks and stuff like that. It's going to be way more organic and natural, dynamic. I think the music, the musical set is going to be incredible. We're going to play a bunch of songs we haven't played uh, a lot or as much, and I think it'll be a really nice thing for the fans. But speaking of the fans, we did these really expensive shows last year. They're $50. And I'm starting to feel a little guilty about that because then maybe it's a little exclusionary to some so what we're going to try now—I don't know what we're doing for the year—but we're going to try this out. We're going to develop our new set, and then we're going to play in Nashville and Atlanta on the 17th and 18th of February. Is that right? Anybody know? Okay. And so we're just going to—we're going to do that, and then again, we've already booked the venues ourselves. No agent, nobody in there, and we're going to—we're going to sell the tickets for seven dollars for the show. So the opposite of expensive tickets. We're going to do the show so cheap that. At most, if we sell 300 tickets, that'll just pay the venue cost. So we won't even make a dime on that. So we'll probably do a VIP set. And I do think everybody there will buy merch if they want to. I I think we'll sell a ton of merch. I think people will support that very much and get what we're doing. I think people will really appreciate a $7 ticket to see Emory full band with Devin. And that's the model I want to try to make work. So if enough people come and it sells enough tickets and we sell enough merch... We'll keep it up with the cheap tickets and we'll go other places. But if not, we'll tw- tweak the ticket price, tweak our set, figure it out. But the point is, I think we can des- design something that we want to do all year this year, next year, that's full band and really awesome and energetic and still yeah. on our terms. So that's the kind of the way we do it for anybody out there. You know, instead of we, we will have no guarantee. There'll be no Upfront money. We'll just book the place. Hopefully sell enough tickets to pay the venue, which is uh, 1800 bucks here and there. Stuff like that. And we're going to fly out there and play the shows and see how it goes. And if that works, we'll come do it everywhere. So that's the plan yep. for, for this year. So those tickets are on sale as of I- exactly right now at that's
1: Awesome. The reason why I'm excited about this is because we, people get to see Emory, like maybe playing the songs the best we've ever played them, putting on a killer performance. Like I'm, a, I'm super excited about the mm-hmm. aesthetic, the look the vibe, the feel of these shows. And and like I said, it's kind of neat because this show in Atlanta and Nashville, we're only doing two because we've never done this before. This is, it's kind of neat. Like we want, we want our friends and fans to come see these shows and see what you think. It's like an experiment to see. Once again, we're doing an experiment just to see. And I I just think it's so fun because for me, it's going to be so awesome walking on that stage, playing rock music because we're going to do it the right way. And and not not that we haven't done it in the right mm-hmm. way, but this is just the next step for Emory, and you're going to get to see Emory maybe be even better. Like we've been, I think we've been a great band. I think we so. might even get better. I, I'm just so excited about these two shows. It's just a thing. It's like if you build it, they'll come. I mean,
2: I don't know, and I don't think this works for everybody. I'm I feel very fortunate, but the things that we do. If we take the time to get it right and build it, it will work. So this is going to take a little bit of work too, but I think it's gonna we're gonna figure it out. And I know it does not work for everybody, but I know it does work for 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 me or for us. I know it. I know it does. So I don't think everybody needs to quit their job. I know that I have become a magnet for people saying I want to quit my job. Uh, can you give me some advice?
1: But <laughs> don't don't do it.
2: <laughs> don't not If do you're it. Devin or Toby, I, I might have a different answer than than if, than if you're a twenty five year old, uh, let's right. say photographer. No offense to whoever that is, but st- for instance, but, you know, but I think this is going to work for us. I'm very excited about it. And like I said, tickets are on sale now and Devin is quite excited too. Um,
1: so yeah. Oh man. It's amazing to have Devin back, but, uh, it was really funny. So I, I'm not going to say the church I'm not going to say the pastor, but this week uh, uh, on, uh, Facebook, some people were talking about Toby's rants and somebody was like, man, he ran he, he, like, I, th- they wanted to compile the rants, and it would. Somebody said it would take forever to do that, and I was like, you know, I hadn't <laughs> had a rant in a while, and I've been trying to be nice, trying to be more friendly, but something pissed me the fuck off this week, and I just can't. Your up. friendliness
0: is not good for our podcast, by the
1: okay, way. Okay, listen. Okay, y'all know y'all. Do you remember my idea for uh curator church, where like I, you know, so I I pick out I curate all the sermons, the best sermons in the world. You come, and maybe it's a gym too. Like you get to work out. And you can, anyway, if not go back and listen to that episode, but okay. So I'm listening to a pastor this week and he says something about how he was talking about football and like the Clemson game or whatever, whatever football game it was and saying, you know, man, why aren't people, you need to be excited about church. Just like the way people are excited about football. I, like, especially they do that it big analogy. time with the oh super bowl gosh. and you know what makes me the most mad? yeah uh, right it's
2: on sunday is the only reason right. why <laughs> now, now here's
1: what's really funny about that when i was at mars hill i bought in so strongly to this mentality that i can remember that it was the super bowl and i remember getting up there i was the worship leader and i said hey you know what a little bit later there's gonna be some people that are gonna be yelling unbelievable about a game well why don't we yell right now so we can let them hear us is Jesus alive? I yelled something like that. And then, and then I, you know, I thought I was really cool. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And now, in retrospect, I feel so stupid because what was I doing? Just trying to get an emotional response or whatever. Now, here's what the big thing I thought. The reason why people don't get excited about church is because it happens all the time. It never ends. And on churches, all they say is come, 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 come. Why wouldn't if they really care about it and they want to, they want it to be as important as football? It should be a season. It should just be, you know, Christians are always talking about seasons. Church season. Uh, You're in a season. You're in a season. That's the biggest (laughs) thing I always hear. Why in the hell wouldn't church be just six months of the year? Like, what if six months of the year? This is the season of church. Uh-oh. And then, so, you know, from January. I would go more Game of Thrones style and say, man, did you catch season yeah. two of, of uh,
2: you know, Grace Fellowship? Season two was unreal. It was 12 weeks. It was I unreal. I would be there in a second. It's, it's not coming back <laughs> yeah, till 2018, yeah. but it was unreal. Exactly.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's no, once again, think about that. Think about how much, when people say, man, people love Game of Thrones. Do you know how many millions of dollars and brilliant people it goes into that? And and you're telling me I need to get as excited about that as some white guy that came up with something real f- in 45 minutes and then, and, and, you know what I mean? That's talked about. I mean, how in the hell can how I get good as excited would Game of Thrones? I mean, be? West, Westworld is yeah, way it was better in a sermon, it's way better. Yeah. I mean, it just (laughs) did. But Westworld
2: wouldn't be as good as it is if it was if it was you know episode seven hundred and eighty six consecutive. How good would that be? Westworld was
1: on Sunday morning, (laughs) Sunday night, Wednesday evening, Thursday meeting, and then Saturday get together for hundreds of years. Would you watch Westworld? No, you wouldn't give a shit about Westworld. But because they do seasons, just like football, you go, whoa! I mean, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) You knew last night that for some like that was that last second of the game. When that second clicked off, that was the end of college football for months and months. Like that, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like you would really care. Like I I hate the idea that church is so important. And this no, what if you did? Here's my idea. What if you did church like say, we'll just break it up right now, easy. (laughs) January to July, there's church. And then the second half of the year, you live it out. What, how about that crazy idea? Like, you don't go to church. Like you just it. be the church for six months. And then you come back and refresh and you take a break. You learn about Jesus. Or maybe I don't even care if the sermon's about you, whatever. But I mean, and then you take a break and you live it out. Like, doesn't that make way more sense? Like, why in the hell? Who has the audacity to tell me to come to their church and it's that important? Why? Why is it so important? You just preached that same message four weeks ago. I mean, what do you, what's the big, what's the big news? Oh, I got to hear again that Jesus is Lord and he saves and he helps you when the times are bad. I mean, come on. It's it's a joke. I mean, even college, like when you, when you actually learn stuff, you have semesters
0: and you take summer breaks and stuff, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, well, it's a very cyclical, uh, thought process because I, I believe that people are. Uh, I don't want to say duped, but I think they are convinced that everything they're doing is for God's kingdom. Yep. And because of that, we've got to be able to pay for it. So your plan closes down every single major church because they can't afford stuff because people uh, are, are not going to give if they're not coming, or at least that's a fear, that's part which of it. I think your plan like if you actually presented that to people and and and, and got people hooked on that concept and said, oh, and we also, you know, need your money to to do outreach or whatever. I mean, I, I don't even, you know, me personally, I don't really care about the buildings and all that stuff. I think people would actually be more engaged, of course. for sure. I mean, it, it. You know, we talked about in a BC Club episode that the regular listener doesn't get sorry but I really do think Matt's onto something or, or Toby, maybe you mentioned it as, as far as us possibly being in a post church age. I mean, I, I just, and, and I think here's, here's what my eyes are being open to. There are a lot of people that are, st- there's a lot of people that are leaving the church that are, are Christians. And they're just like, I just can't buy into yeah. this bullshit anymore. There's a lot of Christians that are staying around oh, and yeah. it's not necessarily because they're super honorable. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's maybe they're just, they're in a habit of, of going on Sundays or maybe it's just like, you know, I still get something out of it or where else do I find community? You know, there's just so many reasons that keep people going, but there's a lot of people that sit pastors that are listening. There's a lot of people that sit in your seats listening to you and they don't understand why the hell you're saying what you're saying, why, why you are doing what you're doing why you just made an announcement about something that just kind of seems crazy to even talk about? There's people that are just like, why? Like, why, why, why? We could be doing so much more. Yeah, absolutely, why? Joey.
2: I'm interested in that. Will you help me do a talk about Indochino for a second?
0: In my in my profession, I actually have to have a a suit because you know there's there's families, and if you're going to do a funeral, you got look, you look got to look good, and weddings and that sort of thing as well. So I've owned a suit before, and here's the process: I went, I went to Belk, and <laughs> spent uh, probably a good, seriously, a good hour and a half getting all these measurements, trying on this and trying on that, paying a lot of money. I, I mean, we're talking a lot of money for a suit that I really don't even like how it fit me. Like it, it wasn't a cool fit, you know? C O O L, like fines. It just, it didn't look cool. I don't think it was, you know, I don't think Priscilla was that impressed. It just, yeah, it was a suit. Uh, And then I was introduced to Indochino. And I just love when businesses start that just revolutionize a market. So here, the, the three of us, we got to, you know, take part in Indochino by sitting in front of our computer, And on our own time, we didn't have to drive anywhere. And there is step-by-step, very simplistic instructions on how to take all these measurements. And then, I mean, I I just think it's so cool. There's all these added additions, and a lot of them are free. Like, Uh I got to put on the inside of my jacket a pocket. The interior was all flowery. And then on my pocket, I got to put Clemson Tiger's kick Gamecock ass. And it looks really nice and everything. But anyway, the suit comes in the mail. And... It's in perfect condition. I put it on and it fits perfectly. And the price is, it's just, you cannot beat it. I can't believe I'm getting a suit this nice and for this amount of money. So Indochino is one of the largest made to measure menswear brands, which is crazy because a lot of people's never heard of it. It's huge. So you go to their showroom and shop online. So you go to Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Hundreds of fabrics to pick from. You choose, like I said, you choose your customizations from lapels, pleats to jacket linings and more. Submit your body measurements, place your order, wait for it, and in just four weeks, you get it. So, uh, any premium Indochino suit for our listeners, just three hundred eighty nine dollars. Now, for those hmm. of you that know something about clothes, that's unreal, especially. If, if we're right about what we're saying as far as the quality, which we are, that's you, you just you cannot beat that. An awesome quality suit for less than $400. So that's 50% off the regular price for made-to-measure premium suits. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BADCHRISTIAN for any premium suit. $389 and free shipping. Uh, incredible deal for a suit. It, it, it's going to fit better than anything you've ever gotten from the rack. That's for sure.
2: Absolutely. Indochino.com. Promo code,
0: bad Christian.
2: Thank you, Joey. I don't know if I stopped you in the middle of the thought there. Sorry. But I did go to church this week myself. Really? Did you really? Where'd you go? I go to my church. Now, agreed. agree. Understandably, I don't go every week, but I at least go once a month. That's where I'm at, (laughs) basically.
0: (laughs) And you call that your church.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, it's definitely my church. My pastor, my people, you know, that kind of thing. And I learned there was a couple of really interesting things that happened there. Church is my favorite place to think. Um, A lot of times I'll tune out in a sermon, Doesn't matter what church I go to, But stuff pops in my head, and it's really always a really clear thinking opportunity for me. Even if I doze out of the sermon, I'm usually thinking about spiritual things, or God, or myself, or my place in the world. I mean, you usually have pretty clear thoughts, so I I do like it when I go to church. I recommend it, even if you just go and take notes on, let your mind kind of be open there. But uh, our pastor, who was an ex-Mars Hill guy that was part of that whole culture, talked a bunch about that this week, and he he had some realizations that I thought were really uh, even helpful to me. And something he said that he doesn't understand or like is that most churches exist. And this is a very good criticism. Most churches exist to execute the vision of the senior leadership is what he said. And I think that's probably true. And he he said he thought that was really screwed up. And I think it kind of is too. He said, the church is supposed to be the priesthood of believers. It's supposed to be the people. It's supposed to be uh, the expression of Jesus in the people. And then they they are that. That's what they are. Not a mission statement by a senior leader that everybody else's right. job is to execute his vision. That is yeah. that is messed up. And that is where we're at. That's what we have. That might even be just what works in when you talk about numbers and stuff like that. But that, that hit me that, yeah, that is one of the goofiest things about church is it's as if it were some business strategy and everybody under the pastor's job is to make his will so (laughs) based on his vision, which maybe is revelatory or whatever. But nonetheless, it made me think, if you want to think, because I like to draw politics, I like to draw lots of parallels to church stuff, whether it be sports or politics. I think there are many. And I think church is very dangerously close to politics. And if you wanted to think of a political Comparison here It's like Shouldn't it be a democracy Like I mean Is there Is there some room Or form of church That's more I don't know Libertarian Or democratic at least Like is, Isn't that Wouldn't that kind of Be a good idea Like we don't You see in the Old Testament Kings Everybody wants a king Everybody wants a monarch Well we know how that goes Yeah Right So yeah. why would churches In
0: their current form Be so close to monarchies
2: It's bizarre If you think about yeah. it
0: Yeah and, and the thing, the the kind of stuff that you're talking about, though, Matt, is foreign language to people that are engaged in the ministry world, so to speak, including the leaders that you speak of. I don't think they see it that way. I yeah, think I you're right. I, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I want to. I just want to touch on this. We're we're still in super early stages, but uh, Priscilla and I, and a really good friend of mine, and Toby, and, and Priscilla's Ryan uh, Amick. I mean we we basically started a house church and it is so simple it is so grassroots i mean we're talking on sunday nights we hang out for an hour and a half to 2 hours eating like joking around drinking some beer hanging out with the kids just having fun with each other it's like you have a bunch of friends over you hang out and and then for like the last hour and a half or 2 hours we we separate ourselves from the kids and uh, every night looks different. We may discuss something specifically. Obviously, discuss the election and what we think as Christians. There's some people there that are not Christians, and they feel uh, completely at ease to take part in the conversation as well. You know, we'll we'll pray. We'll. I think we're going to be going through Science Mike's book here. Uh, you That's know, like for the, the winter. Vibe. But it's just so crazy because this <laughs> because this Sunday I had a migraine. And I could not uh, I couldn't go to Seacoast Church, the the church that I pastor for for my living. And then that evening I could I couldn't go to our house church. And I'm telling you, it it was just no big deal that the evening. I I just said, Hey, I can't be there. Well, there's there's nothing there that is that is riding on me. Like people see I mean, I guess People kind of, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that kind of got everybody together and say, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's just kind of our approach. Here's why we are going to give money and actually put this money towards needs in our community or for somebody in the group that needs it. So, uh, but we have made very clear, this is our church. There is, there's not like yeah. one dude that's calling all the shots that everybody's looking towards. And it is just so refreshing. Everybody loves it. Everybody's engaged. Everybody takes care of each other. Everybody's keeping in touch during the mm-hmm. week. And we're not working our asses off for people that don't give a shit. That, what would that it are be, j- Joey? Would it be possible <laughs> what, for somebody? Who's to the people come that don't give you? a shit? The
1: church people? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm saying like a a, a a there's there's big churches that work their like the one asses like the one you work out at. So <laughs> yes, yes, like. Like there are times when I feel like, man, they like, so first of all, Toby, you know, this, uh, uh, the, the Seacoast church that we went to phenomenal community, great friends and everything. But, but I think what is so tragic with churches like this is that core group of friends, the people that have found community, the people that are engaged, they're also working their asses off on Sunday mornings to present stuff to people where a huge percentage of those people are just coming to take a seat and and just check it off their list and and go home and they don't even really care now i will also say that that i think there's a small percentage of people that are just you know their their lives are changed and all that but i i don't know i just think i always feel often that there's so much energy put into stuff that's just not that important church is just it's like migratory you go to a church for a while then the pastor pisses you
1: off or the worship leader does or you just get bored and then you move to the Mm -hmm. next church and right. so it, it ends up right. being just very similar and you just make church what you like. That's that's how, and I, I am talking to right. probably mostly the evangelical church, but I think it probably bleeds over into all, all even, you know, mainline or whatever. But the, the thing that bothers me is like, like you were just saying, it's not the church's fault. It's not like Seacoast's fault or whatever, that it got big or, or mm-hmm. anything. The real thing I don't think people realize is the way church is right now is it sets you up to really not be friends. It sets you up to do, work for the Lord on Sunday morning and it sets you up to not really learn like that. That's the thing. Like when I was talking about right. seasons church, <laughs> I got the name. I'm going to, that's my boy. <laughs> but what, what? I mean like, how, wh- why wouldn't you like, here's the thing that just destroys me. All of us agree that people need to preach. All of us agree that it's fun to sing songs with people and worship our God. It's you need baptism. To partake of the sacraments all those things are needed and wanted except for why does it yeah. feel so weird right now why why does church feel like it's it's kind of falling yeah. at the seams or tearing apart at the seams when those things I know they're happening but what is the thing and what it is is church is just promoting itself it's promoting church we're not really yeah. promoting Jesus right. I mean I mean we are but when I I, wow. I y- y'all know me yeah. I, lo- I love to hurt myself but I go through during the week I follow several pastors on Facebook and then the, the, I'll watch them and Je- Jess gets mad at me. She's will turn that off because all you're doing is just judging and she's right. But I'll just watch, I'll flip through a bunch of different sermons. My first thought is, why in the hell would I go anywhere? I'm hearing them right here. If it's so unbelievable, I'll send them some right. money. But uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, first of all, why would I leave? Uh, I mean, Good point. yeah, there that's was pretty go. awesome. Yeah. I like point number three. Here's $10. <laughs> um, but I mean, and, and do I need it? Don't muzzle do, the ox. Do I need Good this gosh. that much? And what is there a real fear that I'm so stupid that I couldn't handle six months away from church? like, like my, my, I think my mother-in-law is worried that we don't go to church enough or what church we go to. Like, I think people like when I first moved, when I, when I left Charleston, <laughs> when I quit Seacoast, one of the main questions that everybody asked me is do you find a church up there yet? You find a church. I'm like, am I am I so stupid <laughs> funny. that I can't handle Jesus on my own at all, like at all? <laughs> Listen, I I saw somebody at church this week, and they're
2: like, "Are you Matt?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like we know Seth and Melanie. We used to live in Maple Valley, whatever. And then they they were down there, and now they live up here in the city, and they recognize me. And they said, uh, and at, we talked for a few minutes during the handshake time, I think. And they said, "Do you uh, <laughs> do you know if they've landed at a church? What church?" No, he said, "Do you know what church they've landed at?" And I was like. I don't think they're going anywhere right now. I just said yeah. it, you know, real kind of plain. So I don't. I don't really think they're going anywhere right now. And the look on that guy's face was like we were supposed to have sorrow together. He meant for that time. When I said that, he thought right now me and Matt will both hang <laughs> our heads in shame. And I was like, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know if I needed to apologize for them because I don't know if they're going to a church right now. And I told the guy, and he's like, Man.
1: God, you like just shook his. I'll be praying. I'll be praying. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like seriously, though, is that the point <laughs> that Seth and Melanie they went to a church that exploded, and they decided, hey, maybe we'll stay away from there for a while. And they're they're so stupid yeah. that they now they're going to hell. Yeah, I mean, without church, every well, question, without a is-
0: refill every Sunday, that's just not yeah, true. That's right. But but Toby, well, yeah. everything that you're saying, and 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 to me, it really does come down to a very simple concept, and that's money. You said. Why does it feel weird? Because the churches are just intuitively promoting, look, we do this really good. And I mean, look at our pastor. Did you see when he put his hand up? He had a tattoo. And it's just like, (laughs) look at our brand. Yeah, And it's because they've got to keep people coming. But that's all organizational stuff.
2: Like, 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 think about Joey. Can I ask you this question? What? Why wouldn't it be that somebody could, it wouldn't be reasonable for somebody to come up to you and you're the pastor, let's say, at your house church and say, okay, so this seems pretty cool. So now I want to hear, this would be a, a, a common question you would hear from a churchgoer. They would say to the senior pastor, um, yeah. so um, we're interested. We like this. So I would just want to know and hear your vision and where you want to take this thing. And then would it not be a valid response for you to go, oh, I, I don't know. That's not my job. I'm the pastor. Yes. Is that not a valid answer? Oh, that's, that's whatever we all, whatever y'all decide. I'm your pa- I'm a pastor is the answer to that. I'm not your senior executive leader on mission CEO. I'm right. the pastor. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to pray with you. What do
0: y'all want to do? I'm I'm all ears.
2: Well, I mean, about I, that?
0: I I guess I would even distance myself from that too cuz I want everybody pastoring each other. Well, oh, sure, I, but even even just the role of pastor would be
2: yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm available. I'm here for y'all. Right. What do you, what do y'all want to do? That right. not you know, but that does not grow an organization cuz they want yeah. and, and I know a lot of people that move on from churches because I wanted the, him to have a a vision and a thing like I want him to, you know, whatever that is, it doesn't grow organizations, but that's it. You know, that's, I think it's a valid answer of what's the, what's your vision for this church.
0: I don't know. I think one thing that is so, uh, oh my gosh, it's just like fresh water poured (laughs) on my bald head, man. Do you actually like that? that You
1: You know, love fresh water poured on your uh, bald head. (laughs) That's
0: that's the, (laughs) I mean, it's just like cool butter and no, but seriously, it's like the, uh, there's zero pressure. Like I, I I, said it to Matt this way on the phone a few weeks ago. There's zero pressure. Like I don't feel like I have to prove anything to anybody by pointing to numbers and saying, Hey, look, <laughs> a few months ago, we had about 10 people coming. Now, we got about 25. I told Matt, I said, I told people the first night we met, there was probably about 25 people or so. And I said, Look, if next week it is me, my wife, my friend Ryan and then you know two two other people and we have community and we get something from conversations with each other i'm fine because that uh-huh. is the whole point of us getting together like the whole point of us getting together is to have community learn from each other and be friends and so we can have that with two people like i'm fully convinced that you know one person with two other people that if you want to call it your church, that's fine. You don't even have to call it that. For all I care, but you can get out of those two people everything that you need that you thought that you needed to go somewhere on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And, and like Toby said, just sit in front of a computer and listen to a kick-ass Andy Stanley message. That can be your sermon.
1: Well, uh, well, I mean, the way church is set up, you don't really have that much time for fellowship anyway. And you got and you leave and you get out of there right. because you just spent hours and hours doing this thing called service. That where you sat, you know, and, and, and so the thing, that I, here's what I really believe. I, I think that people don't see it yet. I think people are, I think we might be in a post-church society or very close to it. And I think that people don't see it yet. And something's going to smack the church in the face. Just like, I mean, this show, you know, I know I'm older, but it's the same thing. It's like grunge music. Nirvana came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, everybody's like, wait a minute. That's a wait, good one. Yeah. Holy shit. This stuff sounds crazy. And Kurt Cobain's voice is weird. And I love it. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And just, yeah. And it just made all the people with
2: tight pants and hairspray just seem silly exactly. all of a sudden. right? Exactly. That's coming. That's a great analogy. And I,
1: I want to prepare. This. That's what I'm saying. I'm pro church. I'm pro preaching. I'm pro people getting together and talking about the Lord. I'm, we're, our whole podcast is, but what, but the point is, can't we be real about it and, and, and get get past you this bullshit to. stuff that's just silly? Like like if, if you really could pull off a season's church, how amazing would it be to go to church and learn about Jesus for six months and then you figure out when you're gonna meet somebody? Like you, you know people from your church, then you're forced to Hey, let's have dinner together. Let's meet on Sunday. Love yeah, that yeah, I know. Season, let's, boy. let's meet on Sunday morning because we're not going to church <laughs> and we can we can hang out. We can watch a game together or play a game or, or talk about the Bible or whatever. Like yeah. why would you consume so much of your congregation's time focused on this one building, one place when you there's so much more. It's, just, it's it just destroys me that the church is missing out on wait a minute, we really can't equip people and really actually change the world, maybe. But now nah, let's just stay here, because mm-hmm. you know what? No, what? No one wants to admit this. Going to church is the easiest thing. It's the easiest thing for me. Uh-huh. I take my kids. It's a nice uh, place for the kids to play. They get to make an arts and crafts. Jess and I, I grab a cup of coffee. I sit in there, and I just sit through it. And at least I get to judge it and act horrible towards it. At least it's something to do. And so, and then I then I, then I mark it off the list that <laughs> I went to church. And maybe every every fourth week something. <laughs> powerful as said and i'm like okay that's oh i appreciate it but i I have a million ideas in my head and and i think you're right like i love that idea of just what why would we degrade so much meeting together without that head guy there i mean seriously is that that dangerous do you realize the christians like it's it's like there's a real danger of getting together without the pastor leading it or being a part of it because something could get weird Let's get weird. Shit. The, the Bible's the weirdest right. book in the whole world. Give me a break. Yeah, let's get weird. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all
2: right. I love that. Um, th- we had a bunch of more stuff we wanted to get to today, and we didn't get to the news and more thoughts on probably all of these topics. So we're going to have to wrap here, guys. But let's yeah, do another let's episode. Do, let's put Sound out another good? episode this week. Okay. I'm excited. Let's just do Let's just do another episode here and get to all of our thoughts. We've been off for the break and stuff like that. So let me, uh, as we get out here, let me just remind everybody the stuff that's going on. Devin Shelton's album came out. It's incredible. He's going to have a sensation. really cool, a good first. first. His It's called Sensation, com or com. He's going to have a really good first week. We're getting the numbers in. It's doing really well. Man, I don't see why anybody wouldn't buy that album. It's a, a direct way you can support. Bad Christian and Devin Shelton directly and you're gonna like the music so that's I just you know I think you can get the album for like $10 or less you can stream it I'm glad for you to do that but it'd be awesome and Devin would appreciate if everybody dragging their feet would just go ahead and buy it and buy it this week we'd appreciate it very much Emory tour dates with Devin full band live new set Uh, It's going to be incredible. We're going to be in Nashville and Atlanta on February 17th and 18th. You can get it at emorymusic.com. And please, everybody, also remember, we're coming to Florida next week and South Carolina and North Carolina next week. That is the, what are the dates on those, on the Emory? What are the shows next week, Toby? Do you know the dates of them? Yeah, it's the
1: 18th through, let's see, 18th, 19th, 20th. 21st i think mm-hmm. and that's in the southeast you can see those yep. there too we're charlotte doing acoustic shows, Columbia, uh, with, uh jacksonville yep. mm-hmm. tampa and port lauderdale oh, wait no not jacksonville not jacksonville orlando sorry. there's still tickets left there orlando yeah and so we're getting all that squared away we're going to do
0: that big stuff coming joey's book is out fundamentalist a lot of good lot of good feedback i'm getting and i yep. think the fun the, the weirdest thing is I'm getting feedback from people that I haven't talked to in, like, 15 years. <laughs> so here it is, a person that I have literally not talked to in 15 years. And they're like, man, I got your book. Like, <laughs> I, Priscilla had a friend of hers that she hasn't even talked to in 15 years. I don't even know this person. Oh, boy. And, and she Facebooks Priscilla with a picture of my book and says, look what I got. I mean, that's oh, just gosh. weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. It is weird. Oh, man.
1: Loved hearing about your husband's All dong. Right.